this is John Walton, voice of the Washington Capitals, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Well, no, we're right. recording. Yeah, no, not we're yet. recording now. <laughs> I think all of us are just a little bit stir crazy. Just, just, a, just a little bit, like a sousant, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that meme of the uh, of the guy putting uh, what do they call him, Salt Bay, where he's yeah. putting just a little bit of salt. Yeah, that's that's us. We're just mm-hmm. we're all just a little stir crazy at this point. <laughs> like, oh man, like at one point. Not gonna get into all the details of it, but like one of my people on my team at work had a like a massive computer issue, mm-hmm. and the only way to fix it was for me to physically be there, right? <laughs> and like mm-hmm. being the nerd that I am, I'm thinking of that scene in Star Trek Two when Spock goes into like <laughs> the bowels of the ship to like save the Enterprise and like reaches into the plasma coil mm-hmm. and like Scott's like, no, Spock, don't! Like that was me. I was, you're, you're exposing yourself to coronavirus. I have to do it. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like, I had this person drive their computer to me. And what we did was my wife, because she's the one who's like on top of all the cleanliness and stuff. So mm-hmm. this shit is spread, right? She makes me take a card table and put it out on our porch, right? And <laughs> that is great. We, I have my employee bring the computer around back, right? And I was like, put it on the porch. And I was like, step away, please. And my employees look at me like, the fuck? And I'm like, it, it's cool. We're just going to do this and nobody gets coronavirus. Cool. And she was, and she laughed. She's like, it's fine. So I take like a Lysol wipe and I wipe down the, the, the computer itself, the tower itself. I wipe down the monitor, right? Mm-hmm. And then I plug it into the outside electrical outlets and plug that shit in to see if it works. And I like mess around with it and I get everything working. And I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hand you back this equipment. And then I'm gonna wash my hands, and then I'll walk around front, and I'll meet you around front to make sure you got all your stuff. <laughs> it was, it was the crazy. It was like that scene in Breaking Bad, the first time they make meth, when he puts like on all that equipment in like that like very like superhero way, like every mm-hmm. piece like perfectly set. Yeah, it was like that. It yep. was nuts. But like, <laughs> that's my life now. So. <laughs> I was actually thinking it was that scene from Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. It goes, bring it before me. <laughs> the, dude in, the dude in the cage where he's like no. <laughs> reaching into his chest and pulling pulling out his heart and then it lights on fire oh god that's i mean that's pretty accurate too that would have been the only way to really get rid of the coronavirus is by fire so exactly kill it with fire oh my god <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen <laughs> this is our episode tonight as you can hear we're a little punch drunk because it's taken its toll. The quarantine is 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 in full effect. Um, I, I we joke about it, but in all seriousness, this is something that we've shared on the on the page. We're actually making T-shirts about it too, and I'm going to share those uh, for all of you here. This is serious. Stay home. Don't. The, the reason why everybody needs to stay home is because it, it it limits the risk. They talk about flattening the curve. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to limit the risk of this spreading to anybody and not just the bullshit you've heard on the news or, or from memes. OK, first off, memes are not a source of information. They're a source of laughs. But like the, Which is the ironic because they were supposed to be originally. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But like the, the, the point of all of this is it's not just the very young, the immunocompromised and the very old who are at risk. It's everybody. Um, the. One of the founding members of the band Fountains of Wayne was only 51 years old, and he died 
of coronavirus. Like Adam Adam Schlesinger, like mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing songwriter. The guy was just was awesome. Like he just wrote some amazing pop songs, and he's dead at fifty one or fifty two. This is not just going after the elderly and the immunocompromised. I mean, there are people that are in their twenties that are getting this and having like serious breathing problems. <laughs> this is this is not something to joke around with, and that's what we need to do. Is we need to take this seriously because it is serious. And stay the fuck home, you know. Like as as Samuel L. Jackson has said, as he reads his goodnight story to everybody, <laughs> stay the fuck home. <laughs> Um, by the way, that's the T-shirt that I made. It's a, it's it's Mace Windu's lightsaber, and, and in the Star Wars font, it says "Stay the f home." So mm-hmm. that'll be out for everybody. Here's the interesting thing about this: there's a couple of them, but one of the things, like God bless America, we literally only have two modes, both of which are extreme. It's either extreme chill or extreme panic. We, yeah. for some reason, we can't find a middle ground somewhere. Because, like you said, it is dangerous, and I mean, there are ways, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a crap ton of anxiety, stress, pressure, depression, and issues to deal with, but the one that gets me is the fact that it's not managed, and, well, and here's here's the part that I, that, that, that kind of fascinates me, is the fact that it's usually not the person with anxiety or depression who are stressing out about it. It's usually like the groundswell of mob mentality of completely losing their mind where they don't use a little bit of like, you know, kind of lean on rational thought on the best way to handle this. Because here's the thing. You do not need 56 rolls of toilet paper at the exact (laughs) same time. I mean, sure, a 24 pack, 36, sure. But if you're rolling out with like two 36s, and, like, fighting over that last four-pack, you really have to look back on all of this and think, maybe I'm handling this wrong. I yeah. mean... Yep. And so, and don't get me wrong, I am not saying it's not dangerous. I am not saying you should not be freaked out about it. But at the same time, I mean, let's face it, everyone likes comparing this to the 1918 influenza epidemic. Yes, it is like that to some extent. But keep in mind the difference between then and now is this, we have science, um, which honestly was is way more powerful and way more aware of the situation and how to manage it than we were, you know, basically a hundred years ago. So, mm-hmm. but everyone keeps referring to it, and I'm just like, you know, yeah, that killed about thirty to seventy million people. However, we are like horrifyingly so. We are more aware of it, and we are fighting it a lot faster, and people are smarter and. I'm saying that, and I mean it. Uh, wow, that's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, we can focus on what we can do, and what we can do is quite considerable. So there is a difference. It's just, and oh, and then Mike, you and I were talking about this. People, for the love of whatever deity you serve, this is not the apocalypse. This is not some war-torn land that's been ripped apart into some dystopian nightmare of YA and really bad cheap clothing that you really wish you could wear from Blade Runner. It is <laughs> genuinely just... Honestly, it is it, it is discomfort. Like, can you imagine being in, say, a third world country without the same amenities that we have, having to get all the same medical needs that we have? Which, yes, I admit, we are a little overwhelmed, but at the same time, people have... Well, I'm going to use that word loosely. 
we do have access. There are people that actually need it more than some of us. And the fact that we are not aware that there are people who have who are less fortunate who need more care and we don't address that is bothersome. Because just yelling apocalypse and only take care of yourself really is pretty much a sure way to actually make the apocalypse comes come. That's something I want to kind of touch on real quick too, and 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 I appreciate the uh, the monologue there, uh, Philip. The the big thing with it though, man, is like I feel like there are so many, and they're white. I'm gonna call my own people out here. Um, there are so many white people who are doomsday preppers who have the biggest boner right now because of this thing going on. They're like, we've been telling y'all, we've been telling y'all, like it. No, motherfucker. No, you haven't. <laughs> like, th- this is still not a situation for you to be prepping. And, and and this is not a doomsday situation. Like, everybody's going out and, like, entire states are out of ammunition. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what do yeah. you think is going to happen? Because we have to stay home. Like, it, it's it, – it bothers me that there's people who are excited about this. And, and there are. There are a lot of mm-hmm. them who are just like, we've been telling you. No, you, you really haven't. But, like – the, the other side of this, too, that's really, really funny is, like, all of the people who have been saying, oh, well, we're not going to let America become a socialist country. We're not going to let America become a socialist country. But as soon as this shit happens and they've lost their jobs, when's the government going to give me my check? I'm like, are, <laughs> do you not see the irony in what you're saying right now? Like, it's it, – it's, it, it, this is indeed strange times. I do like that you brought up uh, Blade Runner because, like, I've, <laughs> I've definitely thought of that at multiple points where I was like, are we just going to see people, like, dress like uh, – like in crazy mascara and like mm-hmm. weird plastic shirts and stuff like that. Cause I mean, I'm for it. Let's do it. I, I believe we already did it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, so it's, I mean, and I, like I said, it, we are, I know we're kind of joking about it, but it's like it managed panic. Cause like the biggest concern I actually have are for those people who have anxiety, depression, um, people who are shut in, who we make the jokes about the introvert versus the extrovert, but more like the people who honestly, have developed a routine before this happened of like how they take care of themselves, which involves, you know, making themselves go out and be social so they have it. And, you know, those like super memes of like, you know, such and such and such and whatever, or it's like some kind of like, you know, I'm not saying don't be aware, but don't just randomly post like random information that you found from somewhere and exactly. go, this is where it's going. This is what's going to happen to us. I mean, I literally only have three sources of information Two of which are like scientific institutions like NIH and CDC, yeah, um, and a few other like a few other reputable publications that aren't paying me, so I'm not going to talk about them right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get this for free now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but honestly, I can't like uh, it. We I think part of the same thing, old problem is like we need to educate ourselves as much as we can, and then try to avoid people who are insane or who don't want to, like, focus on this. And don't get me wrong, I realize this is probably a pie-in-the-sky pie kind of conversation where, yeah. like, when you, when you get on the ground running, there are just things that's going to freak you out. You just can't deal with it. But, I mean, you, you try to mitigate that as much as you can. And, I mean, I realize for some people that's not an option. For some people, like, you know, you, know, you, you, you have to up your meds and, you know, you have to, you know, you do what you can to take care of yourself. All I'm saying is, is that be aware of the effect that if you're next to someone like that, that how going to the extreme might affect them because it's not just the infection that's you know that's infectious so to speak, but also just like anxiety as well as like stress on some level. Which again, not a professional, so if someone wants to correct us, feel free to go to the GGR Facebook page and 
call me out or something. <laughs> no, I, I think I think everything you said was was excellently said. So th- thank you. I mean, like it's whether it's statistically accurate or scientifically proved, I don't care because you're you're giving advice to people on what they should try to do. Is like don't it's our mantra. Don't be a juice bag, you know. And on that note. I'm going to introduce everybody that's on the podcast tonight. Um, obviously, I'm here. It's Mike Lunsford. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks for tuning in tonight. I've got one of my co-hosts. Normally, I would say he's the third leg in our podcasting uh, tripod, but Steve's not here tonight. So MC's pulling both second and third leg uh, when it comes to hosting duties tonight. He's MC Brooks. Nice. Got the balls to handle it. The balls to handle it because he's the third leg. Get Which it, is Joe a good Floyd. thing, too. And pulling double Deerf- duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep in mind, it's good because in Deerfield, England, they had to cancel the testicle festival. There you go. And if MC was there, he would have had enough for everybody. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. Would have had a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where Pun. we are now, people. That's where Puns we are. for days. Puns for days. <laughs> We've also got our special guest tonight. You know him, you love him. He's been on the show before, and he's always a delight to have as part of our GGR Pirate Radio podcasting team. His name is Philip Jean-Pierre. Hey, what's up, yo? So I actually have to ask you to, uh, Philip, because I, I, it came up on your Facebook page. You had mentioned it, and I never knew this because I had called you Phil a bunch of times, and I felt like a dick because you were like, I don't like being called Phil. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, like, I've noticed that, that Rambo has affectionately referred to you as PJP. Is that yeah. acceptable? That is that is acceptable, yes. Um, okay. That is, that is fine, yes. Okay. Or just, you, I... could, you could also call me by my workout name, Swole. It's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you've pronounced that for me, too. Because I was like, is it just Swole? Is it like, is it just Swole? Like, is that no, what it's no, no. Okay. no, no. Because the whole, you got to say the whole thing. Swole, it's French, and uh, then you keep going. <laughs> so whenever, so, okay, so whatever, swole, no, swole, it's French. Yes, so it's like a tribe called Quest. Because it's, like <laughs> it's not a good episode unless we make a Boondocks reference. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this podcast. It's another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We are at the diner, um, and here comes that intro starting right now. Listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to the Diner on GGR Pirate Radio. Four leaf clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. Three two. 
bold. Be brave. Be courageous. Black alert. The empire is no longer, and the best star has returned. When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. This is called Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lonsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio, and we are at the diner. Uh, it's quarantine edition again. This is like the, the fourth quarantine edition that we've had, so mm-hmm. I'll just... Well, yeah. Every, yeah, it's it's going to be a while. It's, it's going to be a while. We're doing these podcasts for a reason, though. They're for our own sanity, but they're also hopefully... You guys are getting something out of this as well. Um, so for all you out there listening, thank you. We appreciate it, as always. Tonight, we are going to be talking about how we're keeping ourselves sane uh, during this quarantine. Uh, we're going to talk about the positives, the things that, like, hey, here's something that's cool that I wasn't able to do before uh, the quarantine. But also, we're going to talk about some of the negatives, the things that you miss the most. And then we're going to talk about the dumpster fire that is Tiger King and how it has become the biggest thing on Netflix. It is <laughs> I, I don't even know where to st- start with that. But let me start with this. Who I got on this awesome podcast with me tonight? I've got one of the hosts of GGR Pirate Radio. He's also got his own show. It's called The Overflow with MC Brooks. He is our Comic-Con correspondent extraordinaire. He's also a very talented musician. You should check him out on Bandcamp. You just search MC Brooks. I've already said his name twice now, so I'll say it one more time. His name is MC Brooks. Hello, tigers and kittens. <laughs> oh, God. A talented artist in his own right, but more the the ink and paper and digital art sort of artist. Uh, you can check him out. Uh, I believe the website is blackgorbachev.com. It is. Uh, it is indeed. Uh, his name is Philip Jean-Pierre. Yeah, hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome. As he mentioned, it's Twole. It's French. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's start with, with Tiger King because there... I, I don't even know where to begin with this this shit because it's – someone pointed out to me, and it was, of course, a meme because that's how the internet rolls these days. That's how everybody communicates, is there's a point in this where one of the guys um, – first off, a double amputee has uh, metal legs, is riding around on one of the – I don't even know exactly what it's called – but it's basically like a motorcycle, but it has three wheels. Mm-hmm. So two wheels in the front, one in the back, right? And it's a two-person vehicle. And in the sidecar of this vehicle, it's a skeleton for no reason. And nobody notices this shit. And the reason why is because the rest of the goddamn series is so batshit insane that this is normal. The the double amputee riding with a skeleton in his sidecar? Who the fuck cares about that? Like, that's how insane this shit is. Like I, I've I've seen a lot of documentaries, um, and, and in fact, it's like one of my favorite mediums to watch. I, I love documentaries, especially ones about crazy people, because it, <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. In fact, last year we talked about a couple of them. 
Uh, what was it? Yeah. Kidnapped in plain sight. Was that the one? Uh, no, see? abducted. Abducted Ab- in plain sight. Yep. Abducted in plain sight. That one was pretty fucking crazy. Um, the one, um, it was called Evil Genius about the uh, the the pizza delivery murderers or the pizza bomber. Yeah, the pizza bomber up in uh, up in Erie, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, back in the nineties. Yeah, seen all of those. Tiger King is ten times crazier than any of that shit. It's. I- yeah, go ahead, Phil. <laughs> no, um, I can literally say this. If you want to know what the physical embodiment of 2020 is, it is Tiger King. Yeah. It is <laughs> It is every single thing that 2020 is going to end up being. It's like, you know that meme where it says, look at this like jumble, and the first words you see is what the rest of your year will look like? <laughs> Tiger King, is that what you see in that jumble? Because literally, it has everything that happened to us. We have Florida man, <laughs> Texas really bad man. label, really bad labels. Oklahoma man. <laughs> you know, man. Question like every type of questionable life choice any of us have made, just not at the same time. At one point, and then of course, it's just literally like poor life choices right there. Tiger King is literally that. And I remember when January 1, 2020 happened, everybody had nothing but hope. You know, we had we had we had 175 Democratic people like running for president. Um, <laughs> you know, Australia was on fire, but it was we were, you know, we got pictures of firemen without shirts on holding koalas. We were happy. I mean, Australia wasn't, but we were happy. <laughs> and then Tiger King comes like a thief in the night, stealing everybody's hope. Snatching your people up. Like, exactly. <laughs> the, the, this one, here's a here here's a couple of memes that really just crystallize exactly what, if you haven't seen it yet, what you're in for when you do finally watch it. Because I feel like everybody should watch it. It, it. Just because it's a shared thing. It's a shared social thing that we can all talk about and all be like, wasn't that fucking insane? Um, a tweet. The tweet is from Clara from Six Feet Away. Or if you want to check her out on Twitter, it would be at Ramen Cult. It says Joe Exotic is Steve Irwin's Wario. <laughs> <laughs> that is an A1 tweet. That is legitimate right that, here. That is legitimate. That is A1. It's <laughs> so goddamn like on point. Like Oh wait, wait. Also, can I just say this? I have not seen Tiger King. My yeah. entire experience has been online and through memes. Like yeah. I said. I don't know who Carol Basket is, but yeah. apparently she's a legend right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's the white O.J. Simpson is what she yeah. is. Speaking <laughs> of which, O.J. spoke on her about O.J. O.J. Yeah. was like, that bitch killed her husband. Right. <laughs> and I mean, if you can't trust O.J. Talk- about killing. <laughs> right. I was like, this reminds me of when they have former athletes on SportsCenter. Yeah. Like doing analysis. I was like, yep. <laughs> I've been there. I know what's in there. there. He knows what he's talking about. Back in the day when I was on the field, that's how we did it. Here's here's a here's another money. Here's another here's another fucking A one tweet. What day of quarantine is it when you and your partner admit that Joe Exotic's music is not that bad? First of all, I'm not even his. I'm about to MC on this one, but I don't know if it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, we've oh. all heard worse. <laughs> oh my god! Like, 
the, there's the it's the um, picture of Michael Scott from The Office, and it's two other guys, and they're doing a um, they're doing an improv bit, and they've all got like they're in a Mexican standoff, right? They've all got their their finger, the finger guns. guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it says trying to figure out who on Tiger King has been exploiting the animals, and it's Doc <laughs> Antle, Joe Exotic, and Carol Baskin all pointing guns at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Basically. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah. to to be fair, too, I was I'm uh, I until yesterday I hadn't watched it. I literally only watched it because I figured we were probably going to be talking about it. Because otherwise, I was I was determined to avoid this like a plague. <laughs> I mentioned this last week, and I mean this week is no different. I've literally just been binging nothing but anime for the last week, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I literally just took time out from doing that for this. Yeah, and, and I really only only watched it for that. And I mean, it is every bit it is every bit of a shit show that the internet <laughs> is making it out to be. I, I just mean, I just appreciate your commitment to this podcast and to this website. <laughs> like, you're take, willing to take one, take one for the team. <laughs> Because like Cause, I even posted, I posted it on my Facebook of our in uh, our uh, instant message conversation. I was like, watching Tiger King was pretty great, but sharing it with your friend and seeing him react to it might be even better. Because it's just like, yo, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because I was when uh, I saw the 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 two guys and I was like, he convinced two straight dudes to mm-hmm. be his husbands. Yep. What? Yeah. yeah, like you sent me the meme of uh, all the patrons in the Krusty Krab yeah. staring blankly, and it says, "Joe Exotic, so a tiger just ripped an employee's arm off. Y'all want a discount?" <laughs> yeah. That was like that. I was like that. That that was so trippy. Like, how's that the first thing? Like you you show you're showing extreme calms. Like, hey guys, so employees lost an arm. So uh, I mean, you can buy something discount, or you know come back tomorrow mm-hmm. you yeah. know something and I no, no no panic no alarm <laughs> no you know hey i need you guys to gtfo right now <laughs> yeah. yeah i i think i think if you were going to have an a1 tweet about this it would be your comment that said doc antle is basically the white r kelly with animals <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> that one was again like chef's kiss Mwah. it's perfect <laughs> So, wait, yeah. wait, Joe has husbands who may not be gay. <laughs> and that was before even finding out later that they themselves admitted that they weren't that they weren't gay. Oh, yeah. I got news, I got news <laughs> for him. <laughs> you may not have been. However, <laughs> you're pretty gay, pretty gay now. So or at the very least, you you tried it. Oh, man. I mean. In regards to like, I mean, it's like they had a sixty-day trial period, and right. I mean, <laughs> I, guess, they think, I right. guess they returned it, yeah. <laughs> or they forgot. They forgot yeah, no, to unsubscribe. Say, yeah, they <laughs> left the credit card details on. It's like me with my Planet Fitness membership for the last like three years. You're like, well, I haven't, I haven't been already, forever, I already got charged that, for a year, so I might yeah, as well keep it. That, that ten dollars mm-hmm. still comes out every month. Mm-hmm. There's another point, too. This is how batshit insane this show is. There's this guy. His name is Alan Glover. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Alan Glover basically like got paid money by Joe Exotic to go murder Carol Baskin. <laughs> and at one point, Alan Glover is in a goddamn like bathtub 
just in a, like climbs into the bathtub and turns the bathtub on with his pants still on, and the camera keeps rolling as they're interviewing him, asking questions about it. It is the weirdest shit ever, but nobody bats an eye because you're so captivated. You're like, yeah, well, why did he try to I, kill it? Like, I did not notice that until right now. <laughs> See? Exactly. You don't even notice it. I did not realize that. Here's the, here's the thing I love most about this. The first of all, Yes, the people are completely insane. And like I said, all I've gotten are clips and memes. But here's the thing. You got to imagine being on the production and film crew going, this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah. Because like, you can't, like, usually you'll tell stories from work. you like your partner, your friends, whoever, going, you are never going to believe what happened at work. And you go, this is what happened at work. You literally go, and all your friends look at it and just go, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen right there. Because... It is so bizarre that, like, just the aura itself and the people and the reactions to everything that going into it, you really got to go, there is no way this could possibly be real because whatever. But after the last four years, you're like, yeah, I can see that. That makes perfect sense. Yep. (laughs) I'm trying to find the guy's name. Rick, there it is. Rick Kirkman. Rick Kirkman is a long time like he was a cameraman he like worked on like local news and stuff like that and then started getting into the reality tv game in like the late 90s early 2000s when that really started and kirkman was working with joe exotic to help him produce a tv show and the reason why and he even says it in the episodes like they interview him and he's like i started watching this shit show and i'm just like oh my god i have to record everything like (laughs) Like he knew, he knew, he knew that Joe was nuts. He knew that all the people around Joe were nuts, but he was like, I got to keep filming this. Cause this is, this is gold. Like it, also, it's... also, let me just say this. Everyone here snitching on Carol Baskin. You need to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say that right now. You weren't there. You don't know what Carol was going through. I mean, technically you kind of did, but you don't know Carol. Carol could have some issues. She could. And it's entirely possible yeah. that her that her husband is actually in um was it Belize or was it um yes. <laughs> yeah yeah Belize he could have just bailed and like left and left her there like it's entirely possible <laughs> but at one point right there's footage of of a cat like chewing on Joe Exotic's boots right yeah and he gets mad at the cat and he ends up shooting a gun in the air like again you know because he's in Oklahoma and he's basically like a gayer version of Yosemite Sam like he. <laughs> He, like, shoots his pistols in the air, right? And the cat runs off, right? And everybody's like, somebody put cologne on Joe's shoes because uh, that that means that the cat would rub up against it and, like, try to eat it. And Carol Baskin goes, no, if you wanted a cat to eat something, you would put sardine oil on it. And then everybody just kind of gets real wide-eyed for a second. You're like, wait a minute. How do you know that, Carol? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going down that road. (laughs) Oh, man. And and here's my here's my dope segue that I'm going to do with this. The reason why this show has been as popular as it is is because right now the world kind of is it, it's a little scary. Now, Phil, you had mentioned before this is not an apocalypse. You're absolutely right. It's not. But it's still unsettling. Yes. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with this sort of stuff because they never have. They've never had to deal with anything like it's it's one of the advantages of being an American citizen. For the most part, we live a pretty sheltered life. We don't have the same kind of problems that the rest of the a lot of the rest of the world has. We're very insulated here for the most part, generally speaking, right? 
when something like this happens and people are dying and, and stores are shut down and work is closing and people are losing their jobs, we, we really don't know what to do. I think you mentioned it before. I don't even know if we were recording or not. But basically, Americans have like two modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll let you say it since it's your line. Go ahead. Americans have two modes. It's the extreme. It's either extreme chill or extreme panic. And we yeah. so we have lost the ability to find the middle ground because, yeah, there should be chill and there should be panic. Chill shouldn't be you going on spring break to Florida going, if I get it, I get it. And panic shouldn't be, I'm going to buy me at least these 236-strike roll packs of toilet paper just in case. Um, or you, And then while you're walking out, steal an extra four because you just never know. Like, there is no middle ground. Um, to allow us to like make rational choices, which you know I understand why we would do that, but at a certain point you think we should probably try to find like some kind of middle ground to make sure like we take care of each other and ourselves. That's that's the thing about this show is the reason why it's so popular is because this Tiger King is America. Are you supposed to keep? tiger cubs as pets fuck no but i'm american i will do whatever i goddamn want no one's gonna tell me otherwise because i have guns and a mullet and facial piercings fuck you that's like the that that's that's so american you know like at one point they bring he goes to walmart and finds like expired meat and brings it home for all of the people working at the zoo to eat because again america like fuck it who cares it's expired i'm gonna cook it anyways we don't give a shit about rules. And that's what's so freaky about this coronavirus stuff is we have to now follow the rules. And boy, all of those libertarian folks are losing their shit right now because <laughs> they hate rules. And it's 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 really – I'm actually – I'm pulling a Kermit the Frog right now and just sip, sitting back and sipping my tea as I watch them lose their shit. Um, but yeah, that's I think that that's what's so unsettling about this is that we've never had to follow the rules and now we do. And if you don't, it just makes you look like the biggest asshole on the face of the planet. And for some people, they don't care. They yeah. really don't yep. care. I yeah. mean, until uh, until it well, his thing. That's not true. They don't care until they realize it's going to affect someone they know. Yeah. Because if it's a stranger, they're like, eh, I can't really think about that. But I mean, to this day, I still go back to that one kid who goes to Florida, who went to beach, went to the um, spring break in Florida, and they interview him, and he said something to the effect of. Um, um, I'm gonna if I get it, I, I'm not worried about getting it. But if I get it, I get it, um, and I'm just going to enjoy the moment. Probably two weeks later, he comes out and says, "I'm sorry, I didn't know how serious it was. I didn't mean to put my family and the rest of like everyone I care about in danger." And I'm like, "That's literally what it took for you to become a person to see that your actions might hurt someone you know versus." some random person on the street who you don't know who doesn't deserve it either. Like, like that's, that's literally where we are. And yeah. I don't like, I, I won't even say that's a generational thing. That literally is just at this point, what, and I'll make that, I'll say it, what capitalism kind of breeds in you. It's just like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, and that and privilege. Yes. Like again, yeah, calling my, yeah, that, that's, that's so privilege. Because you know who you don't see saying that? People who had to struggle to grow up. Mm. You don't see that from people who had to struggle to grow up or people who grew up sick or had sick relatives living at home with them. You don't see them doing that shit. But the people who had 
healthcare the entire time they were growing up or and their parents had good insurance and they went to a good school and and none of this has ever affected them so now all of a sudden again we don't have rules because we're privileged like it, that that's the shit that's driving me nuts about all this yep. it's just watching people think that they don't have to follow the rules because they've never have had to follow the rules before mm-hmm. yeah and like oh man it's yeah, I mean, this is perfect it, it, timing too. MC just sent me a meme, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you jump in here in just a second. It shows like the Power Rangers putting their hands in, and it shows healthcare, police, firefighters, grocery food, grocery and food, cleaners, GameStop, and then like GameStop <laughs> is for the Teletubbies, and like that's that's GameStop, Hobby Lobby, like they they are literally so greedy that they don't even give a shit about their own employees. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's disgusting. And like, it, it's, I, 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 I watched a video and I shared it on my Facebook of a guy who has connections with GameStop, who basically he has a whole YouTube channel and his entire role with this uh, YouTube channel is to expose GameStop for being scumbags. Mm-hmm. And he played, he played a conference call of them talking about while they were still under the guys that they were going to stay open because they were quote unquote essential. And one of the like regional managers was just like, if one of your employees uh, is sick or is afraid to work, just remember that they're choosing not to work. And I'm like, the fuck? Like <laughs> that, that's how you're going to spin this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, like you said, Phil, this is, this is the, this is this, the dying breath of, of the problems of capitalism exactly. is that like, you're you're so expected to hustle and MC you brought this up too man and it was such a good point the hustle culture of like oh you still got to find a way to ma- make that money you still got to mm-hmm. do this you still got to do that yeah. no you just stay the fuck home and like yeah. i feel bad yeah. because you know like so much of this has been bred into us it's been beaten over our heads that you can't can't stop won't stop you have to keep pushing you have to keep grinding like it, it's yeah I mean, that yeah. was going to be the point I was going to make is that so many of us can't help it. And it's like it's one of those things that you kind of eventually it's one of those things you have to kind of unlearn uh, to some degree as, as you get old, get older, that this that, like this idea, this the, this idea of hustle, hustle culture is it's like it's not good for you. It's not good for us. It's not really good for anybody, really, mm-hmm. um, because, I mean. And, and like what inspired that post is like I'm seeing so much stuff, and I'm sure we're, we're going to kind of talk about this a little bit later. Um, talk about this idea, like because I'm, I'm seeing this post go around. It's like you know if you don't come out of this whole thing with like a new skill or you know more knowledge of this field or blah blah blah, then you wasted it and so on and so forth. And it's like like that's such a toxic mindset. Like we're just trying to survive out here, literally. That like everyone's number one goal at this point should just be to survive and they shouldn't. And honestly, we shouldn't have to given what we do know about this and how it can spread and everything. We, we, we shouldn't even be in a situation where people should have to worry about trying to make a dollar until this stuff is resolved. Like that should, that should, that should not be the thing. But because of capitalism and because of how ingrained it is in, in us and how even even with uh, even with our leaders and the people in charge, so many of them still 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 trying to hold on, uh, hold on to capitalism and, and, and keep that that worldview going, despite the fact that it's going to cost people lives 
it's going to cause people livelihoods and people are going to be completely unable to sustain. You know, we're, we're, we're Philip, you mentioned this earlier. I mean, we're already going to lose a number of people uh, just from the virus itself, but mm-hmm. then we're going to lose a ton. We're going we're gonna to lose a ton more because people aren't going to be able to even get resources. They could have provided them the ability to survive this. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, man. And I think what is also really bugging me about all this too is that I, I, we, we try very, very hard on GGR to stay apolitical, but it's impossible in the world that we live in because we had leadership in this country that scoffed at the concept of ever needing a pandemic response team. Oh, it was, mm-hmm. oh, it wasn't important. We're wasting money on the pandemic response team, but we need to spend trillions of dollars to give a tax cut to billionaires and corporations because somehow that'll trickle down to the employees and uh, newsflash it fucking didn't. But we, he, we were told on the news, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's a hoax. Oh, it's going to blow over. It's not going to be a big deal. And now it is. And now it's a really big deal. And I, there was a minute there where I was like, all right, well, we're shutting everything down. That's good. Maybe this scumbag is stepping up and, and being a good leader. But in the face of all of that, still still running his mouth about the fake news bullshit and starting fights on Twitter and like talking about how the economy needs to be back up by uh, by Easter. Like it, it's it's fucking sad, man. Mm-hmm. And it just it it. There's never been a point in my life where there's been a president in office where I was actually worried that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I know that a lot of people will be like, hey, what about George W. Bush? Yes, he's an idiot. However, that dude know how to, knew how to get people behind him because when 9-11 happened, he was there at ground zero. And what did he say? I'm here with you. I hear you. Like that dude knew how to inspire people. Trump is clueless. And like, it just, it, it's, it scares me. And like it, I got a, I got an 11 year old son. It scares him too. And like, he won't like outwardly say it, but like, I can see that there's anxiety from all the shit that's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. Like, this is going to be something that affects mm-hmm. him for years. Like this is going to be, this is his depression. This is going to be like what it was for my grandparents who had to live through the depression. Hopefully not nearly as long. Hopefully mm-hmm. this is just a few months, maybe a few years, but like that was, a, that was a decade for them. I mean, as we all as we all just got shook. Uh, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's, really not, re- it's, it's not just you. One interesting thing is that, and this goes back to like, and I think uh, Brooks, you talked about this. Um, the fact that you know there are things that up until this point they said couldn't happen wasn't a thing. I think one of the ones that got that I think uh, there's a friend of mine or someone posted. I think it's a sociologist. Who focuses on like technology, and one of the things that he posted was there are basically three things which has recently changed that, that he noted. I'm sure there's more. The first one was companies who basically told their employers that they do not have the ability to do telecommuting all of a sudden found a way to make it happen. Like yep. literally, yeah. it's, I'm, it's, I'm living yeah. I'm living proof of that. Exactly. We, we told people oh for decades yep. that there was no telecommuting. You could not work from home. And then in a matter of five days, we mobilized it and it happened. And it's still happening, sort of, exactly. for the most part. So that's yeah. the first one. Um, the second one was a lot of employers 
um, when it comes to um, this disabled individuals, um, and I'm including myself in this, they told them for a lot of them, they can't come out. Um, and for various reasons, it could be anything from like physical issues or just anxiety or whatever. Um, they were told by employers that we couldn't give you telecommute because we need you to actually come into the office. And if you can't, we can't employ you. All of a sudden, they're actually now that's gone away as well. Because now it's just like, well, I get, yeah, we can. Um, and the third one, which is literally the most like revealing one, is that the internet is no longer a luxury. It's a utility now. It is there like it a is. phone. Mm-hmm. It is like electricity. It's a like gas. You cannot regulate it like it's a luxury item like cable TV now. And I am wondering if people are going to like actually go to the FTC and go, you need to handle this because if this isn't regulated the proper way, people will lose resources. People will not be able to gain access to it because let's face it, cable, like internet ain't cheap. And no one can go to a coffee shop and go, I want to try this out, especially if you want to go at home. And I think that last point was the one I think that if they can, if they get off their asses and figure out that that's how they should treat it, I, it, it will go a long way to improving a lot of things for a lot of people. And I remember reading that, all of those things, just thinking um, it literally took a worldwide pandemic for people to realize that you were literally holding on to age-old practices that did not serve you in any way and pretty much was essentially screwing over your own workforce who needed, who wanted to lean on more quality of life issues. It's like parents, like, like you can you can talk about this. Parents, sometimes, if they can't find a babysitter for the kids, they have to work from home. Yep. And employers mm-hmm. wouldn't let them. Or if you have an emergency, if you have like, or if you're, you know, you have someone at home you need to take care of, um, and you're a caregiver and you need to work from home to take care of them, you're still a viable work person, but you have something that you need to do. Employers went out of their way to go, nope, that just makes you soft and we don't want you. And all of a sudden, now they're realizing, or at least they should be realizing that you guys suck. And yeah. like, you, <laughs> like your company doesn't exist without us. And I know that's like one of those terms that no one really pays attention to. But I think right now, we recognize that this elitist attitude of, you know, if you have a degree, you're all set. Like, I mean, it's people who are like, you know, and I'm calling them tradespersons. So I don't, I think that's the best term for it. Like, you know, servers, like janitors or nurses or pretty much people who have to do like the grunt work and have to go out to handle this stuff that are honestly keeping, like I said, keeping this from becoming an apocalypse. That honestly, for those of you who like live in your like gilded cage, your ivory towers, looking down on people who have to do like the real work like, you know, sanitation, um, you know, like construction folk or what have you, um, pay attention because you're, you're no better than them just because you have multiple degrees and whatever you have. Like, like the idea of a class system is just ridiculous, uh, especially on that level. I want to take that point and I want to pivot with that for just a second here. In that same vein, yes, these essential employees are, are the backbone. They're keeping us from you know, devastating results, but also too, when you're voting in November and you're thinking back on all the things that you did during the quarantine, all the movies that you watched, all the television that you watched, all the reading that you did, all the art that you purchased, the t-shirts that you bought, all of those things. Remember that when you start voting for people who want to slash 
money that goes towards the arts mm-hmm. where you say arts are not essential yep. programs oh, when yeah. you say when you say to somebody who's an artist uh well i can't pay you but think of how good this will look on your resume or think of the exposure think of that uh, shit yeah. the next time you want to say something like that to somebody because and i'm not i'm not putting I'm not trying to put us on that pedestal. I'm not trying to put us in that category, but it is something we do. We spend our time, we spend our money to try to produce entertainment for people. That being said, I'm not asking for handouts, but what I'm saying is, is there are people, I'm lucky enough that this is not the only thing I do. I also have a job and that's something I want to say too. Yes, the telecommuting thing was kind of a mess and we're working on it. It's getting better, but there's also some proprietary reasons why we weren't able to work from home before. That being said, I'm still lucky that I have a job. There are a lot of people that don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I work for a good company that has, has made this process tolerable. It's been rough at points, but it's it's not been the worst thing in the world. But that being said, there are people who are artists for a living. They're, they're, they're musicians. They're, they're painters. They're comic book artists. They're digital artists. And, like, people are just are just now waking up to that. And maybe that's going to be a silver lining in all of this. And that's what I want to kind of pivot to guys is I want to go to there are, and they're going to seem kind of petty. Some of the things that we talk about, <laughs> but there have been some really good things that have come from this. And and that's one of them. And, I, and that's like a, a bigger reaching thing. I'm hoping that this changes our perspective on things that we understand that like, it's not all about as MC mentioned the hustle culture, like that's good. You, you want to always try to be better and you always want to like shoot for your goals but at the same time, too, realize that this is teaching us a lesson that sometimes you just need to pump your brakes and sometimes you just need to chill and relax because it's not all about always hustling. And if you stop, you're not a shark. It, it, once you stop, you die. No, it doesn't work like that. You, you build through community. That That's the way – that's the right way to do this. You, you find people who know who you are and what you're all about, and that's what they support. And I think that that's going to be one of those things that shines through in all of this. I hope. Yeah. I actually would like that to be the case because yeah. that's, I mean, there are people who do things that we honestly kind of like mark off or, like you said, as like not a real job. That's the that's the phrase. That it's not a real job because, you know, it is non-traditional. Like it's not in an office. It's not, you know, not working retail, not working whatever. But I mean to get to that point like literally to get to the point where you can actually like even start making any kind of money there that's work and you know absolutely you can, like, like like you never and the thing is is that they can't stop i mean i like i said i actually have the fact that i'm in, i have the luxury and i actually call it that it's a luxury i have a daytime job yeah. and my supplementary job um is being an illustrator and comic artist if i can't make any money as an art i still have my other job to keep me going. Um, so that's a luxury I have. There are other artists um, in all fields um, that honestly can't and don't have that ability. And yep. the sense that, you know, and I've heard people say this, like they didn't have a real job in the first place. Why should they get help now? Like people Ooh. actually talk like that and oh, think man. it's okay. Oh, like they no, think man. that's okay. Or they don't respect the job that these people have. Um, whatever that may be, uh, you know, that, that's a full spectrum one. Um, yeah, exactly. you know, so, and it's like that issue comes up because that gets the heart of like what is supposed to like mean to actually work and be an American. It's like, 
you don't have to go. To, I mean, that's the point of it is like you don't have to go the same route everyone does to become a success. But, right. you know, you don't need but they but people coming up don't need other people spitting on them who may have gone a different route or disrespecting them because they don't believe in the route that they're taking. I mean, there was there was really, truly nothing worse than working in retail when you would have somebody come in who would act higher and mightier than you. And they would say, I make three times your salary and, you know, you'll do what I say, that sort of attitude. And like what's even worse is it's become much more political in recent years. And like you'll see people there was a post that they put out and they broke down the twelve hundred dollars that we're all going to get for this and where they came up with that number that that's basically minimum wage times 40 for two weeks or for a month. Like, yeah, how sad is that? Like, nobody can live off of that in a month. And like, it's a one-time thing too. It's not not even an ongoing check. No. And like, I shared, I shared that, and somebody's response was, and I said, think of that the next time uh, you say that people who earn minimum wage, um, you know, should find a new job or something like that, or they don't deserve the, the the money that they have. And the person was like, I still believe that. And like, it, this is a grown man with a family who doesn't make minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And like the, the fact that he can say that and attack people who make minimum wage, when I guarantee you, he's still going to fast food restaurants. He's still going to grocery stores. He's still going to places that pay people minimum wage and has mm-hmm. no problem putting their lives in danger for that. And like it, it's an it just shows that there's an entire generation of people that have been brainwashed to think that that's OK. Like just just because you flip burgers at McDonald's does not mean that you deserve the bare minimum of payment if that's the only job that you can get. Yeah. And, like, and the, go ahead. I was just going to say there's communities like this area is not like that. Like the D.C. metro area, like there's there's a lot of jobs. So you see a lot of people like start somewhere and they move up and move up, and move up in rural areas. It's not like that. There's not a lot of jobs and that's the only thing that you can afford. So like it's or that's the only thing you can get. It, it's just it, it's it's never cool, in my opinion, to to have no empathy for other people's situations ever. There's there's never any reason for you to be like, well, they don't deserve to have basic human rights. Like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't happen here because it, it, it absolutely does. It does. Especially from, from a lot, a lot of the transplants yeah. who come here from, from you know, other parts of the country. Uh, it, it's, uh, and it's not just them, but it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of the people who come here who, look down on folks who are from here and the people who don't, who don't make, uh, who, who, who work these, uh, these low wage, uh, low wage, uh, gigs and whatnot. So I wouldn't say that it, it doesn't happen. Um, but it, it, I mean, it, it really does need to, you know, at some point, hopefully come to a stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I <laughs> like, I, I wanted to touch on something you, uh, you said earlier too, um, about how, people should uh, uh, stay aware of like the people who are making cuts to like the arts and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys timelines, but all, all one of the things I've been seeing all over my timelines are the musicians who are offering free concerts on their Instagram lives, or they're doing their DJ battles where they're playing their own hits and whatnot. Yeah. Like these are like things that p- these people who are professionals who are making their money primarily from that who 
can't earn because they can't tour and do the stuff that they they that they normally do. And these are the people who are also helping to keep us entertained via Instagram or Facebook Live or whatever social media uh, platform of choice. And like that, that's something that that I get a lot. I mean, I'm not obviously I'm not I'm not full time like so many of these folks are, but uh, speaking as a musician, like it's something that Phil kind of alluded to earlier that people don't look at it like it's a real gig. Like, oh, you just, you just, you just make a song and put it out. Like that's not, I could do that. That doesn't take any, any real whatever to do. And you know, and, and this is a big reason why uh, even ne- even now, I mean, and Mike, you've been super diligent. And I'm really thankful of it about you know people purchasing from Bandcamp as opposed to just streaming stuff because streaming is a way that is one of the many ways that so many of us have, have lost money over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, people pirating music did a, did a ton of damage to people's livelihoods to where they, they weren't able to sustain themselves because people were downloading stuff instead of spending, uh, uh, spending money on, on buying stuff. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people don't feel like didn't feel and don't feel sympathy for us in the arts who, who, who had to suffer through all of that stuff and are suffering now. Like I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like I, I do music, but it's not my full time gig. I, for, I'm fortunately still working uh, right now. So like, you know, with, with me not being able to make any money from performing or anything, like it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really want people to to to, to get a, a much better understanding and a much better respect for the non-traditional job market because we're 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 we we rely on you all when we're not in the global pandemic and now you all are relying on us now that we're in this pandemic and we're keeping folks entertained while yeah. we ourselves can't do what we do normally. It's just imagine for just a second, you know. Pipe dream here. Imagine we had universal health care. <laughs> do you have any idea how many people would do the things that they actually want to do in their lives instead of like working a job because they have to have health insurance? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You would actually get to do what you want. Imagine if we as a culture were supportive of each other instead of shitting on people because they do something like a musician. Like how many how many memes have you seen put out there where it's like they'll joke on it. They'd be like, uh, if you ever are feeling bad about yourself uh, and where your life is, just remember that somebody that you went to high school with is still trying to be a rapper. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why is that shitty? Why is it wrong for you to try to chase your dreams? I, I think people just people who did not follow theirs or didn't want to pursue theirs, just want to drag people down to the miserable level that they're at working a job that they don't care about. Yeah. As opposed to seeing people in whatever, in whatever age group. Cause I mean, I mean, and that speaks to another, uh, another issue that we, we have here is this idea that if you haven't achieved X by this age, that you're not oh, successful, there is you know, no like timeline. It, yeah. There, like it every, doesn't exist. Everyone's journey, everyone's journey is different. You like, you can look at someone like Ava DuVernay who didn't pick up a camera, had no formal training, didn't pick up a camera until she was in her 30s, late 30s. And look at look at where she's at now, a couple years later. You can look yeah. at someone like Issa Rae mm-hmm. who made, made a, started a YouTube channel, now making content for HBO and movies. It's, like, 
there is no timetable and that's and you're absolutely right like i joked about this when we were talking about our pet peeves and when i said that i can't stand when you hear somebody trying to be intellectual and they're like time is is a creation of man time doesn't exist man no that's bullshit it does but what doesn't exist is a timeline like you don't have to have your your college degree by the time you're 22. You don't have to be married by the time you're 25. You don't have to have a, the job that you want as your career by the time you're 30. Like, dude, that's fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, it, it, it. Remember how we all used to give people give give a lot. I don't even know if y'all you guys did, but every so often I would where you like give people shit for like, you know, taking a year off school or taking a gap year or whatever they call it now. And we were yeah. just like, what is wrong with you? You're not going to graduate in time. You're like, that dude just went around the world or did Asia in like a backpack. You're sitting there. And then all of a sudden you start, and the, and the more you think about it, the more you realize that that's amazing. Like you got, you, like, yeah, if you have the ability, think about it. If we all had the ability to take a year off and go around the world, you know, pre-pandemic, um, <laughs> can you imagine like, even like even at this age, you know, uh, if you had the ability, and Mike, if your wife and kids were like, you can go, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you took a not even a year, honestly, not even a yeah. month, like a month to just go around and just see stuff you've never seen before. Can you imagine what that would do to you? Like that's live. That's a life that you live, not like. All right, we'll see. All right, I graduated high school at 18. I got four years to graduate college. I got another five years to get it. Like, that is, like you said, like, that is horrifying yeah. if you think about it on that level. That is, like, that is the unhappiest way to spend a life. It is. I mean, I mean, for some people, if you're happy, like, you know, obviously, if that's what you like and that's what worked for you, good for you. But trying to make someone else live that way, if they don't even know what they want, um, and you're yelling at them about that, that is, yeah, that, that's a harsh, like that, that, that's that's capitalist hustle culture right there being like thrown at you. Mm-hmm. I'll give I'll give you an example, and it's not to toot my own horn and make myself out to be like you know the, the end all be all greatest thing ever, but like the new position that I'm in, um, in like a supervisory role. Most of the other people who got the role at the same time, there were like four or five people that were chosen, right? They're all younger than me by a good bit. So I'm like the old man of the group. But the one thing that is consistent and and they and a couple people have actually said something to me about it. And like at first I thought they were joking with me or I was like, oh, that's just a cute way of calling me old. They were like, Mike, you've really lived life. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. And they were like, no, because like when we have things thrown at us about this job, the only thing we can fall back on is the job and the training. But you have experience in the military, you have experience in retail, like you've lived in other parts of the country, you've traveled, you've done this, you've done that, you created your own website, you created your own podcast, like you've you've lived, you've done other stuff. So all of that kind of comes together. So if somebody has a problem that's an IT issue, you can probably fix it for them. I was like, oh yeah, I have a degree in computer science because I thought that that was a good idea, but now I just have a lot of student loan debt. Like it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's it was it was it a plan absolutely not no because i had no idea what i wanted and honestly that's what was awesome is i had no fucking clue what i wanted to do and right. i but, I joined... but, tell the tr- but tell the truth though yeah. it is a little terrifying when you're going through the process going oh, it is. I, yeah I don't know what the heck. like let, let's keep it real folks just because they say 
don't we're not romanticizing it. It's nope. a little terrifying going through oh, that process. There there was a time when I took a job and I'll shit on them because fuck them, they're the worst company in the goddamn country right now, and that's GameStop. Um I took a I took a job with GameStop, um, and I was a manager for them, and they transferred me to um like to Roanoke to like the first, like a Southwest corner of Virginia. Right. Because they were like, Oh, we're going to get you, get you this new store and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And we're going to give you all this money. And it was the same amount of money that I was making up here, but down there I, I was going to live like a damn hell ass King. Mm-hmm. The only problem was, is that company is full of assholes and dipshits and they stopped construction on the store that I was working at. And then on top of that, they cut my pay and, and lowered me to an assistant manager without telling me about it. So I went from, thinking that everything was going to be fucking great living in Roanoke, everything was wonderful, to making half the money that I was making with a two-year-old son and a wife to support in a place that I had no family, no friends. All Like, this, this was some scary shit, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And, yeah, like you said, it, it's not all, like, you know, sunshine and rainbows, man. Like, we we, ha- we struggled. We struggled there. And we and honestly, the job that I have now is what saved the day, more or less. Mm-hmm. I moved back up to this area. I happened to get this job, luckily. And it's been wonderful ever since, for the most part. But yeah, like, again, it was because I was willing to take risks because I wasn't set on a path specifically, point A to point B. It was like A, and then here's some B, and then, hey, let's join the Army. And then it was like, all right, now back to B. Let's do college again. And it's like, all right, well, what do I want to do? I'm not sure. I want to do something creative, so let's go into communications, and maybe I can be a film director. Maybe I can be an actor. Like, I had no clue. But all of that stuff has come together to give me some pretty cool, at least I think, you know, and hopefully you listening to the podcast think the same thing. It's giving me some cool stories and some cool experience and made made me who i am and there's nothing worse than seeing somebody who's a one-trick pony in my opinion so my uh my favorite quote and i'm gonna because i've been watching this since because we'll talk i think we're talking about this later with things we do to comfort us but i've been binging this show and one of my favorite lines is from a show called spencer for hire really (laughs) underrated show one of my favorite lines that uh robert yurik uses is that experience is the fruit from the tree of errors yeah, <laughs> I was like, I have never felt so seen before in my life. <laughs> That's it's so true though, because what's the best? What's the best teacher? It, it's not okay. Like somebody can tell you, hey, don't overdraft your account because uh, the overdraft fees can mm-hmm. can pile up on you, and that can be pretty rough. You can hear somebody say that, but until you've had to go two weeks with living only on ramen and like canned peaches and shit. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know the struggle, <laughs> but yeah, let me tell you. Man, peaches. Woo. You I'm was living it up. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you. In the, in the syrup, too, man. We were classy. <laughs> we were classy. But, like, you make those errors and you learn from that because that's the best teacher because you know what you're going to do? You're going to watch your goddamn checkbook after that. So it's <laughs> – that. that's the point of all of this is, like, it's – it can suck. And right now, for a lot of people, it does. Mm-hmm. But you should learn from this because that's – my grandmother, God rest her soul, she was one of my favorite people in the whole world. She is, like to this day, my hero. She was just the toughest, sweetest, coolest person you can imagine. Like when World War II started, she was a nurse in Brooklyn, right? And she had tickets to go see a show on Broadway. And her boss was like, uh, you're not going to be able to go see that show. You have to work tonight. And she was like, OK, cool. Sorry you feel that way. And he was like, no, I don't think you understand me. You have to work. 
and she told him to go fuck himself yeah. and she quit and joined the army the next week and was in India in two weeks. Like she was like, I don't need you to tell me what to fucking do. Like that, that's a badass dude. But she grew up, she grew up in the depression. So she did shit like cut mold off of moldy cheese and ate the cheese anyways, like scraped mold off of bread and toasted it. Like if Cheetos um, had gone um, like they got gone stale, she would put them in the toaster because that kind of vibes them back up. Like that's how you lived in the depression. That's what you had to do. And like that's the sort of mentality that we're going to have to have going forward is people are going to have to learn to live like that because all of the convenience and excess and being able to get whatever you want, whenever you want it, like at, at the drop of a hat, that's going to change. And I think people, I really hope that they learn that lesson and they, they really appreciate what it is that we have in this culture that we live in instead of taking it for granted. Cause right now I think people really are taking it for granted and that's why people are freaking out. So let's do this. We're going to pause here real quick. And we are going to talk about some of the good things that have come from this. And then we'll kind of close up shop here, guys. Um, it's it's so petty when we've been talking about such heavy, serious things. But one of the things that I absolutely love, and I posted this on my Facebook, one of the things that I love about the pandemic and the quarantine is that, like, my wardrobe has completely changed. Because I've always pictured my wardrobe like, like a um, – like a roster for a, for a sports team. Right. And because I don't have to wear the same things to work every day, I can now wear shirts that were normally only sleep shirts. I can wear them during the day. I can wear sweatshirts that I haven't worn in months. I like everybody's getting promoted. Everybody's getting to see some playing time. It's like preseason football. And like, I can wear, I can wear pajama pants to a conference call. Like I can wear <laughs> flip flops around the house. It doesn't fucking matter. It's great. And I love wait, it. Wait, wait, you're wearing pants to a conference call. Uh, yeah. Pajama pants, yeah. It's a pretty dope Star Wars pajama pants, by the way. Still pants. <laughs> They're still pants. <laughs> I need to get on your level is what you're saying and just go pants. Yeah, okay. You know how I feel about pants. <laughs> accurate, yes. Give me some of the some of the positives, like some of the some of the things that you've just been like, you know, now you know, this isn't so bad. Maybe this is this'll be all right. Um, I think well, so let me do a quick precursor before all of this. Okay. Um, one of the things that I love most that kind of goes back to our last conversation is remember when we made fun of things like playing, watching someone play video games, <laughs> YouTube influencers, <laughs> Discord, Twitch. I mean, you name it. Anything that like some random freak was doing online that you were going like, I don't understand that culture. Why are you even doing it? If it was not for any of that, like Twitch, Discord, Zoom, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, or what have you, we would be worse off than we are right now. So one of the things I do enjoy is the fact that now, do not get me wrong. I still think that human contact is probably the best way to stay connected. Yeah. But I think, like, I mean, whatever conference thing you want to use, we'll use Zoom since Zoom seems to be the new hotness on the streets today. Um, is that people are finding ways of staying in contact with each other, and the idea of texting is no longer enough for people. Because for someone like me who hates texting, despite what people think, I hate it. I've Same. never liked it. Same. People are like, texting's not enough. At the very least, let me see your face. Let us talk on the phone yeah. um, to actually get like some kind of like better connection than just text messaging. So if I had to pick the one thing about this that I do like, it's honestly the fact that 
texting is being relegated to what it was is just like a short con- conversation apparatus and people are like using and like making themselves go out to like use video conferencing call someone on the phone because remember back in the day the old joke was people get freaked out if their phone call if like their phone rings and they have to talk to somebody nowadays yeah. people are like i want to talk to someone please so that's something i've i before everything's going to be pre pre pandemic post pandemic that's the way the world's going to be now it's like mm-hmm. that's just how you're going to see things but like one of the things that i said that i absolutely love and i've always loved this and and i feel bad for people who don't is i love talking on the phone man that's like one of my favorite things to do i love having phone conversations because Texting is great and you can send each other memes and you can LOL and all that stuff. But like hearing somebody actually laugh and getting to tell a story and like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a, it's a lost art uh, in, in my opinion. And just, just in general, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I would rather, yeah. Like, and I love that people are, are Skyping each other now more mm-hmm. often that people are, um, that people are using zoom. Like, even though, as we have found out in recent days, that zoom is unsecure as fuck right now. So be <laughs> careful because people can hack into your zoom. So just be careful. I think, I think they're working on it right now, but they it's are, kind yeah. of funny because people were free. Like, I remember thinking about zoom that I enjoyed most than anything was the fact that you could zoom and people were just like, I don't know when it even happened. Cause keep in mind, I think zoom was like, you said a corporate thing, like only corporate people used it. Oh yeah. That's like, so what was cracking me up is that um, I actually have a pay account, cause, cause, um, which is more secure. But what was cracking me up was like, out of nowhere, it just blew up out of I mean, I don't even like I remember using it for work. And all of a sudden it was like all over Facebook, all over mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, Hah. and then it was like on Twitter trending all over the place. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Hermit technology at its finest. <laughs> Hermit technology. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the new term they have right now. Where yeah. It's called hermit technology. The stuff yeah. you like, the stuff people used to use to stay at home. Like, yep. and I know we all make fun of jokes. People who stay at home, play video games, and all yeah. this other stuff. Who's laughing now? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned something? So, um, uh, so that's my that's my pet pet yeah. right here. MC, what about you, man? What's what's been a, a silver lining in all of this uh, having to stay home stuff? Um. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, b- well, before I get into my stuff, I still dislike talking on the phone. But <laughs> I know but, I know you do. So that's why like the I only talk on the phone with you <laughs> if I absolutely have to. For the most part, but, it's text messages, instant messaging. Yeah. But but I have had a, I have had an increase in video calls, mm-hmm. whether it's Facebook Messenger, Skype, or Zoom, which I just used for the first time on Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, a, for a virtual happy hour that was kind of that was actually kind of dope that's kind of cool um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't know like i i think i mean we we alluded to one in the, in our last conversation i feel validated because i've been advocated for trying to work from home like since i went <laughs> back to my job and i feel 100 percent validated now that i am able to work from home because i absolutely love it can literally get up whenever I feel like getting up. <laughs> I don't have to put pants on. <laughs> See, and I can <laughs> just right, start I'm, work. I'm, just I'm, start I'm, work whenever I'm, I just whenever I feel like it. So. <laughs> um, uh, but but I, I think I think what I've what I've really enjoyed uh, over the course is 
I'm able to catch up on just so much stuff that I've missed out on yep. just because of the exhaustion of working and my commute and then having to do other stuff when I get home from work too. Like I, I, I haven't been able to fully dedicate time to watch, excuse me, to, to watching shows when they come out or, um, playing games when they come out. Like I, I like I, I hoard books like so many other people have. Like I have an, a ton of books that I bought, have not read. I have a ton of video games that I bought, have not played. And I, like over the course of the last like two to three weeks, I've been able to binge a number of shows and catch up on stuff. Been able to play a bunch of games. I just finished the the entire Tomb Raider franchise, the 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 new franchise. <laughs> the, the, I just binge the. <laughs> I just. 100%ed all three games in the last three weeks. Jeez. In addition, <laughs> in addition to watching a ton of anime and just literally everything, it, it, like it's been, it's been great in that regard. I've been able to be more productive as far as like recording music because now I'm not burnt out from working and commuting yeah. home and and so on and so forth. So like all of that has 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 been great. Can can I piggyback on that for a second? Please do. Um, so remember we talked about before, like, you know, if you haven't written your first novel when all this is over, or if you haven't written a new album, or if you haven't sewn like an entire quilt when this is over, your time off was a waste. Yeah. And, yeah. and we talk about how toxic that is. Yeah. Um, it really is because here's the thing. I'm not saying like me personally, I don't, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing stuff, but let's face it. We went from like a go, go, go society to grind it out society, to what have you society, to literally stopping where we are. Um, and honestly, for a lot of people, it was a genuine shock. And people were like, people were shook. What I what I wish people would say is, all right, the, the world's kind of flipped upside down right now. You Obviously, you do have to do stuff to keep your life going and maintain your mental health and all that. But don't feel like you have to do something. If you need to take time to like center yourself first before you go through what you need to, like you know, like Brooke said, like he had time to like kind of like get settled in before he had to like do anything and do all this stuff. But what I found is that people who were like got into that mentality of, well, I got nothing to do at home. I might as well do all this. They went through almost the exact same schedule um, of like working really hard and then coming, but they were at home, so they didn't have like that walk away. Um, so what ends up happening is they end up burning out and then end up not doing anything for a really long time. Yeah. And I think what yep. folks need to yep. realize is that, okay, you are freaked out right now. I know you want to try to find some sense of normalcy first. How about you like take care of yourself first, get what you need. And then once you kind of establish your own personal normal, then spread that normal out, like then find out what you want. Because when all of this yeah. happened, I literally couldn't draw for a while and i've been having some like some issues with it anyway just because i do have a history of just depression from my injury and just again having you know not to get too personal but like having flashbacks of when i was recovering and i was pretty much stuck in a room unable to get out like there's no way where i'm like i finally like got out of that pit and find get out do stuff and do whatever i want and run around and all of a sudden i'm back in that same place again i can't keep that same schedule because again I gotta figure. I gotta handle what's directly in front of me right now, not handle what I'm supposed to do. 
Um, but like you said, like take care of myself, take care of family, make sure everything health wise is taken care of, making sure like, you know, there are some people who like have to like find work, like telling someone who has to find a job or just got laid off that they should be doing something productive um, is literally the most insulting thing in the world. Like them having to try to survive, I think like Brooke said, trying to figure a way to make themselves like in a place of normalcy to actually get going to the next step of where they need to be is what's important. And then if you find that how like that happy place, that middle ground, or at least that stable ground, um, then you like get yeah, then you look into like doing something else. I mean, you know, some people have the luxury of like not even sweating it. I was like, okay, I you know, I still have my job, I'm working from home take my time get to where i want but like there are other people who shouldn't have to feel that kind of guilt to do something so it's like because you know when all of this is over and yes i am using the word when when all this is over the first question people are going to ask is is so what'd you do while you were on while you were at home during the pandemic and mine is going to be to live my life and work the job like i was supposed to and took care of my family like like, would, like, are you looking for? Are you looking for the next like, like, next Catherine Arai or next Great Gatsby? Like, no, it's just like, it's okay to take a break and get and center yep. yourself because I think the biggest problem during this is going to be handling mental health issues along top of that. But then also after this is all over, I don't know about y'all, but people are going to be like having some post trauma issues of like, oh, yeah, of the stress of having to deal with all this and they have to be able to like find a way to like come out of it and adding on the pressure of them going, I didn't make anything. I didn't do anything other than like them just being smart and taking care of their family and trying to like survive the next day should not be looked down upon. Right. And if that makes sense. No, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And like, I can, I'll, I'll attest to this. Like I will, I will gladly fess up working full time and having to go to the office and not being able to really access social media and it being a struggle to access the website, like to access GGR. I mean, you can ask MC. There were multiple times where I was like, Hey, can you issue this uh, article for me? Or can you issue this podcast for me? Because I wasn't able to do it. And uh, like, because I was afraid that if I didn't like people would forget about GGR and like, it, it would just get cast aside and, and, and people would just move on to something else. But like, I've noticed that we people still follow us no matter what because we've built a community. It's going back to what I said at the beginning. It's it's not about the hustle, it's about finding the people that know who you are and what you stand for. And honestly, the pressure to put out new content has been way less since this happened. And like I don't feel like I have to put something out every single day where I used to feel like that. But on the flip side, all of our our, our writers and podcasters have stepped up. We have way more content in the last like month than we've had in in years. Like people are just like, oh, I was bored, so I wrote this. I'm like, cool, thanks. You know, like you didn't have to. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, what else am I gonna do? I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Like not having that constant pressure of like, oh, well, what are you gonna do if you don't put any new content out? That's gone. Like I'm I've been working on an article on off and on since when did the last episode of Picard come out? Uh, Thursday, last Thursday. Yes, it's been a week. Like, I'll get to it. Eventually, I'll finish it. Like, whatever. You know, if I don't, if I don't, I don't. If I do, you know, hey, cool. But there's not that pressure anymore. Because, like, honestly, whoever wants to read it will read it. If I put it out 
three weeks after the last episode came out, people aren't going to be like, oh, well, this is late. I already read it somewhere else. Nah, dude. Like, they'll read it. And they'll be like, hey, this is fun. Like, it's – I've really enjoyed that aspect. I've really enjoyed the aspect that, like, when I wake up in the morning – there's not this rush. It'll be like, oh, time to sign on to the computer. And that's more or less it. It's not like, oh, I've got to get out the door, you know? Like, it's, that's been kind of cool, you know? Like, I will say that, like, if you guys are living on your own, um, I envy you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love, I love, I love my kids, like my stepdaughter, my son, uh, they're the best. I love them. My wife, I love her too, but you can tell that all of us are just like getting on each other's nerves. And, like, it's... Well, that, that's the thing that I actually I find it interesting is that, um, I don't know like what you guys do, but I have to, because of the fact that I know how I get and I'm still, I still have my workaholic tendencies. Yeah my health has to be like kind of the primary primary thing that I focus on. And honestly, that has always been a problem for me. I manage like now I think I have a pretty decent handle on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think for a lot of folks, the thing that I don't know what they're doing, but what I do is I literally have about 15 alarms set for my day. Uh, and I know this sounds insane, but the reason being it's little, and honestly it's for little things that while I don't want to, like, I don't want to go back and say and backpedal like, not like on a hustle or thing. I do think having a routine for yourself is probably a really good thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be strict. It just needs to be had like some type of routine that you can do. Um, that even if you break it, you're still okay. Like one of the things I have is I have a I have a literally alarms for when I take my meds, um, when I eat, um, when I brush my teeth uh, twice a day, um, and when I shower. Like. And not to mention my regular work schedule. So I need to have that type of structure. And that's what works for me to keep, like you said, to keep, you know, the cabin fever from taking over. Speaking of Is which, that one of those alarms uh, right there? That's one of my <laughs> alarms right there. <laughs> Look at that. I know that train never leaves. For, for, record, for record, that's my alarm to brush my teeth before I go to bed. There you so. go. But, but that's the that's the great thing about this, man. That kind of piggyback on what you're saying yeah. is for some people, you're absolutely right. Like having that structured regimen is great. For others, though, like for me, I love the freedom that I don't have to be at this meeting at two o'clock every Tuesday. Like it, it's a lot more flexible. And like for some, and as somebody who has employees underneath of him that he's directing, they're struggling with it. Others are flourishing. Like, and it's, it's just, it's crazy to see that, like, fingers crossed. I hope that when this is over, they give us the option mm -hmm. to have that flexibility. Because like you said, you know, not everybody always has a babysitter. Not everybody um, can leave the house because they have, you know, somebody that they need to take care of. That would be really, really cool if, the, if basically like, hey, you proved that you can handle this on your own. So we're going to give you the option. And like others, it'll be kind of like a daycare. It'll be like, all right, well, we can't trust you on your own. So <laughs> you got to come into the office. So. Oh, the other thing I will say, and this is just a, a cautionary tale. Yeah. I realized everyone being at home with an access to social media and the things you see on the internet makes you think you can post whatever you want during this time. And even though you think it's not strange, you still need to, uh, what's the word I want to look for? You still need to curate what you put out there. Because internet you are who you are but there's some people out there who need to realize just because you locked in your home and we are too 
we are not going to be forgiven of all the crazy things you post. And I have seen some things that honestly I feel like yeah, you should probably not have posted that. And I don't mean like the regular weird Guilty. post, but like just <laughs> like just like you're sitting there going like, homie, I know you locked at home and you alone, but I I, I I don't need to see that. Like I just I don't I don't like you know. As a self-described stan of MC's uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts, um, yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some things that are hilarious. But I yeah. mean, there's sometimes you just got to look at people and go, is this really what, like, is this really going to benefit me in the long run? I, I mean, it. I had to have a dad talk with one of the other people that's a supervisor that just recently got promoted. She's all of like 22, 23 years old and she's on social media taking pictures. She's like, check out my workflow. And I'm like, (laughs) you can't send pictures that show private information on the computers on your effing Facebook. What the fuck is your problem? Like I I literally had to message her. She goes, Oh my God, I didn't even notice that. And I was like, that's the problem. Put your damn camera down. I mean, like, and honestly, everyone, everyone's going to cope the way they cope. And honestly, I really, really hope that people find a way to pretty much mitigate the stress and anxiety they're going through. And, you know, honestly, be whatever it is. Like, right now, I am on, I'm doing one online D&D game, uh, one, um, one game, one online um, uh, Cards Against Humanity. Um, I'm doing, like, online yoga. It's like, just, I mean, there are tools out there that people can find. And I guess... Like I mean, I've reached a point now where I'm like I'm relearning French, just nice. as something to do in the day. I mean, obviously I still buy and draw comics, which thankfully is starting to come back um, at a full pace. Um, and I don't look at my stuff and want to burn everything, um, which has been a problem in the past. Um, but I've reached a point now where I really hope that people can go. Um, and you know, it's not an introvert versus extrovert thing because honestly, if you pay attention to the isolation rules, you could still theoretically go outside as long as you like focus and pay attention to what the rules are like i know friends of mine who pretty much are just like they go hiking at the crack of dawn when no one's around and that's social distancing for them um and this is like you know further out but it's like finding a way to kind of give you like that i think that's going to be the real struggle that people find what works for them and yeah and also like i think facebook's become really good about this um, despite the fact that everyone's got like so everyone's using some one freaky meme after another, and even I'm guilty of this. Like the newest one is like the color is yellow. Find a picture in your phone that's yellow oh, or something yeah. like, that. like yeah. something like something that insane. But like if you post online that you need some help, kind of finding something to do, um, be it on Twitter or Facebook, um, you will find someone who can like help you. Like not yeah. being afraid to do that is probably the biggest thing and I think the thing that I think we should, the additional thing that we should take away from this is that asking for help and reaching out for help is okay, like it doesn't make you weak and it's not like I mean we're in the middle of a pandemic, asking for help is not a weak call on your part, like yeah. no one's expect, no one's expecting you to stand on that mountain by yourself, fighting off whatever zombies you think are coming by yourself and then go back <laughs> in and like, live your life Fighting, fighting off them tigers because you've been covered in sardine oil by Carol Baskins. <laughs> Carol Baskins riding the first one, in, riding that first tiger at you. <laughs> On that note, cats and kittens, we're going to go ahead and call it an evening. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I couldn't I couldn't miss the opportunity to, to tie it all back together to Tiger King. So. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of GGR Pirate Radio at the Diner. <laughs> Our guests were Philip Jean-Pierre. You can check out his art on blackgorbachev.com. Um, at some point, if you ever meet him at a con, because hopefully he'll be at some cons here soon when they, you know, they reopen them. Um, ask him about the uh, the leopard thong incident. It's a good story. You'll appreciate it. <laughs> Which is a real thing. It is a real thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I forgot about that story until now. Oh, no, sir. No, I did not forget. No, sir. <laughs> Burned into my brain. That was the first conversation we ever had, too. <laughs> that was... Were we drinking? Or was that yeah. a show? Yeah, okay. it was after Awesome Con, and I think we went to um, Bus Boys and Poets, I think, and it was like yes. a, just a giant table of a whole bunch of people. And me, and you, and some other people, and like somehow we got onto a conversation about Superman, and then the Black Gorbachev thing came up, and then the, the leopard print uh, thong came up. It was it was it was it was an evening, needless to say. <laughs> I know MC's like I wish I was there. <laughs> well, oh hey, because yeah, I'm like because I'm like, what is this story? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do this because the big news, and don't take the pressure of me asking you live on the air to to force your hand on this, uh, Mr. Jean Pierre. But uh, GGR is actually getting their first um, their first ever panel at this year's awesome con even though it's been moved to december we still got a panel so that's some exciting shit and we actually have one extra free pass for somebody to be on the panel and there's no one else that i would like to have more than you because you would be joining myself mc brooks ulysses e campbell james rambo and then to fill that out a little philip a little pjp i think that that makes a, a that, pretty awesome that lineup. is an all-star table right there that is oh, we also got oh and hazel's gonna be there too isn't she hey, yeah hazel's gonna oh. be there yep oh yeah that's okay. that's gotta happen yeah oh yeah. i think uh, the funny part is that i think i will have a table for awesome con well you're like uh, i will find out for sure um later on because a awesome con the, the weekend they moved it to is my birthday weekend oh yeah uh, so and i'm i'm trying to for the snaggle a, a table um, there. I'm on the wait list, but I think with the move, I may have a shot. But either way, whether I have a table or not, you can definitely count me in at the panel. So, Hell uh, yeah. There we go. So, And then you can tell your story about the <laughs> Leopard Print song. So. <laughs> that has become infamous, hasn't it? It, it, is, it has indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, this is not going to be a kid-friendly panel. So... <laughs> Actually, I mean, uh, we can make it PG, can't we? Yeah. Oh, no. It's, there's, there's actually there's PG possibility. Okay. It's, 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 it is not a problem making PG for the kids. Because, you, okay. you know, GGR is for the kids. It is for the kids. <laughs> not unlike Wu-Tang. Not unlike Wu-Tang. I did expose my 11-year-old son to uh, to ODB's uh, Got Your Money Today when we were driving to go pick up donuts. And he, what, all, he was that like... Is, that is not a starter. That is not a Wu-Tang starter song, man. <laughs> it was on my phone, and I plugged my phone into the, the little thing, that the adapter I have in my car, right? That's a, and that song came on. Cream. You got to start him off with cream. Can I start him off slow, right? No, so, like, I started... I, that was just on. I was like... And normally I try to censor stuff, and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll let it play. And, like, only 30 seconds in, like, ODB's already dropped, like, so many curse words. And I'm like, all right, I pause it, and I was like, let's see if we can find a clean version of this song. Good luck. 
There was there's one on YouTube, thank God. But it bleeped out like every other word. It was ridiculous. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is ODB. It is ODB. Yeah. He was like, he's like, who's ODB? And I had to go into all of his different names. And he's like, why does he have so many different names? I was like, because he's awesome. <laughs> ODB. I prefer, I enjoy his baby Jesus era, frankly. I personally was a big fan of Dirk McGirth. That was my personal favorite. <laughs> Guys, we've also let's give a shout out to uh, to Mr. Steve Monick. He's going to be gone for a few weeks now. Uh, his wife Mandy is pregnant with their second child, Jonah. They are due any day now. So big shout out to Steve and Mandy. Best of luck. Uh, we can't wait to meet uh, little baby Jonah and the new addition to the Monick family. Um, shout out to all of our our team here at GGR. You guys are doing awesome work. I'm so proud of all of the articles and all the podcasts that everybody's doing. and But also, this guy, the other guy, the other host, MC Brooks, man. This dude just continues to do awesome shit. And I couldn't be prouder to have him as part of our team. So I wanted to give a shout-out to him. But you guys, thank you for being on this episode. For all of you listening, thank you for being part of our GGR family. Uh, this podcast can be heard anywhere. So if you're listening to it on the website, you can also check it out on Spotify. You can check it out on whatever they're now calling iTunes. I think it's Apple Podcasts. Yes. Apple Podcast. Yes. Oh, we're also on um, iHeartRadio. You can check us out on our iHeartRadio. So wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find us there. We are there for your listening pleasure. But guys, again, for everybody here at GGR, my name is Mike Lunsford, and don't be a juice bag. And wash your damn hands. <laughs> and stay home. Stay home. Stay the F home. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, GGR. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.